0: Log talk radio.
1: Lardy miss Clardy. Lardy miss Clardy. Lardy miss Clardy. Uh
2: the Lardy Miss Clarty blog talk radio show for May twenty 2010. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clarty, and your co-host this evening is Brenda Wright. The light is right. Bernard and Tyrone Island Small, the poetry man, and who we call the dark side, that's for Bernard. They will not be here this evening. They are out working, and so that's what we want to see, our do is go out and work. Yes. But we're coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time with real news for real people with real issues looking for real solutions. We're going to have a great show this evening, and we are back on the subject of sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, children's service in the judicial system, and foster care issues how to hold them accountable. This is the last call for comments and views on this subject about emotional, physical, and sexual abuse done by foster parents and children's services under the umbrella of the judicial system. That's the local, state, and statewide transparency, responsibility, accountability for mishaps, misleads, and misunderstandings that lead separated families and their members into more harm than good. But we will be back. After a news update, okay? We will talk to you in a minute. I'll be back with some news. Coming from Streetwise, Doug Dre. So this is good music for this evening. I hope that you are enjoying yourself. We are back on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show, of course, because we are here to finish up the discussion. We are now on the third week, in this case, because I've been sick. I'm sorry that we missed last week. But we are back to find out how can we hold Uh, the CPS, which is Child Protective Services, and the judicial system and the foster care parents, all that system accountable for things that happen when children are away from parents that they have taken out of the home, and how can we find a way to make them accountable for acts that happen to our children once placed into the system's foster care. And nothing be done about it. It does, uh, whether it's lawsuits or whatso. They are not, um, they are not founded. You you don't hear much about it. It's a blanket of silence because they don't want everybody to know that they do get sued for uh, their um, their 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 irresponsibility as well. So uh, so we're back here to discuss the last bit on the subject. Now, as you know. Um, Again, we are down to the last of this subject on how to resolve this epidemic on already hurting families who are separated from their families from the same system that protects us.
1: Am I right, Brenda?
2: Exactly. And how to make child protective services and the judicial system on state and federal level responsible and accountable. Than good now we're not saying that there are uh, services that's given by our system that don't work because there's some that do good in its own way it help us in areas where we need it but it needs to be fixed a little bit more and a little bit more focus needs to go on how to get them to own up when they're wrong when the system is wrong okay so My question is, what do children's services and the judicial system have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical abuse? Is it the family's fault entirely? Do you believe abuse happens in children's services foster care when children are in placement? Is it all about dollars and no cents? Do you believe the
0: law should be changed?
2: I am going to first come out in a, uh, let's see what's in the news, I'm coming out in the news here, and this is coming from WPTV.com, okay? And it's about a foster parent charged with child abuse, and it's coming out of Indiana River County, Florida. And it says here, and I'm reading this to you. It's a very short one. Kathy Moore likes to know what's going on her book in Gifford. She cut the grass for the last half a dozen homes on 29th Avenue, including a pink house that sits just three doors down from hers. It's where Patricia and Joe Hogan moved a few months ago with their three foster kids, ages two, three, and four. But a few days ago, the Hogan's were arrested and charged with child abuse. Um, She says here, I never saw those people do anything to those kids. She also says, when I heard what happened to them, I was like, hey, I couldn't believe it. Leon Reed works for a landscaping business across the street from Hogan's home. He also never saw anything suspicious. He came out with the kids every day, every day family, not, nothing out of the ordinary, said Reed. But someone had called the Department of Children and Family, uh, Families, an investigation with the Indian River County Sheriff's Office, turned up. four-year-old girl told her that had put her hands around her and pinched and choked her. The girl also said she was hit and violated with a stick that had numbers on it. It was determined to be a paint stick. Uh, I would have thought it was a ruler the way it sounded to me. What about y'all? <laughs> Indian River County Sheriff Daryl Lohr said, We were able to determine the abuse that two of these three kids were exposed to, certainly more so than your typical child When a reporter went to the Hogan's former home, the woman who lived next door to them in the development said she used to watch the Hogan's children and wasn't surprised to hear this news. It was said there was a lot of yelling just the way the older kids would react to them, said the neighbors. Well, that don't sound like, okay, well, whatever they was charged with, uh, they 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 painted it with a nice little glaze over it because um, I don't see where you know hitting a child with a with a paint stick. I never know no paint stick that have numbers on it. It sounds like a ruler to me. Okay, so you know again, this is the news and this is why we are talking about you know this issue with you because. Okay, these things go on in children's services, in the judicial system, and of course, when you got something going on in, the, in in the child protective service system, of course it's going to go to the judicial system and they have the the power to 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 charge them accordingly. Sometimes it does not happen. Sometimes they get get off scot free from it. So, you know, our issue today on the last coming of this is to find out what can we do to hold children's services and the judicial system accountable for their actions. So I want to go off and read something to you because, you know, the issues that I have with this whole thing is how are the system of child protective service, the judicial system, held accountable? What needs to happen? Who is monitoring this system? The federal, uh, the federal who? The FBI? Okay, and is America ready for a class action suit? Based on what? Due process, anybody out there? Because the uh, parents that... Get charged to get their kids taken from them, whether they did something or not. And children are being abused also on the other side of the system. And the parent is trying to come in to 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 tell the system that this is going on with their child, and yet they sweep the issue underneath the rug and 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 don't address the issue. And it's it worse. And so. When the families are in court and they're fighting for their families one way or the other, sometimes the judicial system do not give them due process to be able to have a fair hearing. Um, the system, the CPS system, also uh, 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 have the power or have or feel that they can get a power to, to make it where you're not able to have any due process, especially if you, one of those type of parents that, you know, the cussed out the, uh, the the caseworker and, you know, you're angry and what so, and these particular caseworkers may feel they have the power to make you lose everything you got for the rest of your life. And it has happened. We have people that have went through those things. However, there are laws mentioned in the U.S. Constitution about you know, about about this issue, especially when it comes down to your Bill of Rights and down to your due processes that are needed to hold the state and the federal uh, counties or agencies accountable for the things that they do. So I am going to speak on this last piece, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brenda Wright, who is the lightest right to give you some information on the accountability of what the system needs to be held to in order for people to get uh, the fair justice that they deserve, whether they've got kids that they're into the system or the system has done something to the kids that the parents now have to fight to tell what's going on, but these parents still do have rights, okay? So to me, a child's adulthood is scattered because of lack of knowledge and education where the, and, and where's the resources out there. Who is teaching us out there real-world education so we know what to do for real? Just like they have parent classes for adults, there is a need for child classes for those children that forgot mannerisms and respect symbolizes Okay, and respect symbolizes them forgot how all of that so, so they won't have to be in jail becoming something they are not. They need to learn how to cook and clean and manage money. uh is that not good enough? A good name is better than money, so somehow we've got to educate our children as well as our adults on what right uh and and what and what order we are supposed to be in in order to have a right looked at, and justified. So, Brenda, I am going to ask this question, and don't tell me what you think, but first, do you think kids be in children's services and under the care of foster parents, and we're not talking about the good ones, we're talking about those that do abuses and just like you heard that small update of news. Uh, do you believe that, that that crushes the emotions of the kids and gives them low self-esteem and no confidence? And what constitutional laws apply to parents for the individual rights, you know, uh, so that they would know what rights they do have to hold the system accountable? Okay, Wendy, to answer your question, yes, it does exist, and it does crushes the mind of a child's mind. Mm -hmm. There is parental rights amendment, which is under the Constitution. And um, I have a little piece of information from that uh, article on that, Mm -hmm. where it it says there are two basic reasons that the Constitution has been amended throughout our history. Sometimes the need is to preserve our law and tradition potential threats and erosions of our rights, which is what's going on within the judicial system mm-hmm. and the CPS system Right. As well. Right. Okay, and um, to take it on a little further it says the Bill of Rights serves as the chief example of amendments designed to preserve the existing rights of the people. At other times, it is absolutely necessary to change the existing law to the 13th, 14th, and Amendment uh-huh. were clearly necessary to in the principle of equal protection for all Americans. Okay. Now, the also says the Parental Rights Amendment follows the pattern of the Bill of Rights. Okay. The goal of this amendment is to preserve our existing laws and tradition against judicial erosion Right. ever growing threat. Of international law. Uh-huh. I understand. Now, sections of it with section one and two of this amendment do nothing more than restate the time honored doctrines of the Supreme Court and parental rights. We are simply changing parental rights from an implied right based on judicial opinion to an express right based upon actual constitutional text. Uh-huh. Where now, is this coming out of? Where where is this coming out of? Tell tell us where you found this piece of information at. What's where where did you find it at on the internet? I know you did. Yes I did. I was I was surfing through the internet and I was looking up on topics on parental rights to get information which which is uh basically going to see if there was anything on the constitution that can probably give me some information to share with everyone. Right. And I came across this 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 piece of information and it was uh, on a on a blog site, news What's the name of it? It's uh it, well I don't know exactly the name but it says frame. Right. And, and what frame means family rights and many ending discrimination. Now y'all can find that on the internet framed. What does it say again? Framed, framed. family rights and any ending discrimination. You can find that. All you gotta do is Google it. Okay, and what did they say on this site that was sold, that got your attention to see what did they have that can be used as a utility from, you know,
0: that we are Uh,
2: maybe the second paragraph as I was reading down a little further. And um, I want to read a little bit to you. It's a a blog site with news and thoughts about family law, the divorce and children industry, and what many are now calling the War on Families and Children. Now, that's what caught my eye. Okay. Okay, it says family courts have been, became battlefields, Mm -hmm. resulting in massive casualties that include moms, dads, children, and extended family members. Right. The federal government states, their agencies and officials involved, including attorneys and judges, that profit from destroying us, are only are the only winners. We the people must wake up and stop this abusive war now. That's what I would say. Stand up, speak up, and speak out, America, because you know there's a lot of things that's going on, but we need to preserve the family. You know, that's all we got, you know. And even though our system is the only system that we have, we should, in those areas that they are lacking, bring awareness. Now, of course, myself and Brenda and all the folks that I bring to you, we're not attorneys, but we are researchers, okay, even some as paralegals, okay, but we are not attorneys. But what our goal here is to do is to bring some type of information to you that will help to educate you on making a an uh, informed decision about what you want to do concerning a matter dealing with, in this case, children's services and the judicial system and our families that are being separated and being abused while being in the system. Again, we're not saying anything bad according to because there's good people in there just like bad.
0: issue And say,
2: I we would come forth with it. we've had a lot of people that told us that we would um, that we would definitely uh, that we would definitely um, that we would definitely in some ways be of help if we would put the subject here. So that's what we're doing. Okay. And we want to thank you for your ear for wanting to, uh, to be with us on the show, to hear what we got to talk about. And if there's anybody that's out there that is listening and got something to say that is just as good, you know, hands-on experience is just as good as being in school, getting getting an education, okay, because it's all education. Um, You can call in at the guest number of 1-347-884-8684, one that number again is three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. and we also have a toll-free number for those that cannot call in and don't have a phone and uh, don't want to pay a bill or whatever it is, we have a toll-free number, eight seven seven four eight three three one five three. that number again is 877 and to get back to what you were saying, okay. So, what else was stated in 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 uh, in this article that framed had to talk about? Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but definitely they needed to know about who who these people are that you went to get the in, the, the information from out of the internet. But going ahead and finish telling us, you know, uh, the, the information because the information is good information again. You know, just check it out. Listen. Okay, the information that that clearly states is they want to let everyone know how important and fundamental it is to know the parental rights of your Constitution. Mm-hmm. And it and it's going, it gives sections one and two of the amendment, which I've read the, uh, a little bit before back. And it was stating that uh, we simply check parental rights from the implied uh, rights based on judicial opinions. But then it also breaks it down with Section 1, which says, Faithfully employs the word and phrasing of the Supreme Court decision of peers versus society of sisters. That is to declare that the liberty of parents to direct the upbringing and education of their children is a fundamental right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, then they, they have down here also Section 2. Carefully follows the words of the court in *Wisconsin*. Versus Yoder, to declare that parental rights, while very important, have limits. The government may intervene when the interest is of the highest order and not otherwise served. This section is a correct statement of current law today.
0: Uh-huh. When the
2: government has proper evidence of child abuse or neglect, it may and should prosecute a parent is responsible for such behavior right right section uh, section 2 also ensures that this principle remains intact parental rights are fundamental but they are not solute. okay well I thank you that that's that's darn good information uh, uh that we need to hear you know and to add to that Brenda you know to bring it to y'all now some some when you're in school you know some say don't look up Wikipedia. Wikipedia, they can prove it through having their references of where they're getting their references from and that it's creditable. So there are a few things that I got off of this particular uh, free encyclopedia website. Uh, and one of them was, is one an inalienable right that belongs to an individual and to a parent is that they are supposed to have due process. Even on the ongoing, on the onset of child protective services coming in and investigating them to court, there is still a right that needs to be addressed when uh, a family or a parent has not, or a person, have not gotten due process. So let me read off what due process means, and I'm going to try to read it off to you as, as um, you know, layman terms here. And due process it means here is the principle that the government must respect all the legal rights that are owed to a person according to the law. Due process holds the government subservient. To the law of the land, protecting individual persons from the state. Now, children's services is a part of the state, and the judicial system is a part of the government, okay? And the judicial system can be state or federal, okay? So keep that in mind. Due process has also been frequently interpreted as limiting laws and legal proceedings, Judges, instead of legislators, may define and guarantee fundamental fairness, justice, and liberty. This interpretation has proven controversial, and as and is analogous to the concepts of natural justice and procedural justice used in various other jurisdictions. It is also stated that the government shall not be unfair to the people. Now, y'all got that, right? That's what it says about due process. Now, let's look at due process in the United States. Now, this is my research, okay? And let's see how, to, how it is applied. The Fifth Amendment guarantee of due process is applicable only to actions of the federal government. The Fourteenth Amendment contains virtually the same phrase, but expressly applies to the state. Therefore, those two clauses only apply against state actors and not against private citizens. The Supreme Court has interpreted to uh, interpreted those two clauses identically, as Justice Felix Frankfurter once explained in a concurrent opinion,
0: to suppose that due
2: in the Fifth Amendment, and
0: in the person
2: that is corporate personhood, as well as individuals, many state constitutions also have their own guarantees of due processes or the equivalent that may or by their own terms or by interpretation of that state judiciary extend even more protection to certain individuals under federal law. Now, remember I told you that, you know, the due process is, is for this, for your state, what's going on in your state, and your judiciary is the government, and so in your judiciary also is a part of the federal. So I'm telling you how the due processes uh, operate underneath the United States. Now, they also talk about the enumerated due process, right? Due process under the U.S. Constitution not only restrains the executive and judicial branches, but additionally restrains the legislative branch. For example, as long ago as 18 the Supreme Court explained that to ascertain whether a process is due process, the first step is to examine the Constitution itself to see whether this process be in conflict with any of its provisions, okay? In case a person is deprived of a liberty by a process that conflicts with some provision of the Constitution, then due process clause normally prescribes the remedy, Restoration that of that person's liberty. The Supreme Court held in 1967 that we
0: cannot. <laughs> say the
2: authority to, to, to leave it here for now, and because we're going to go back to Brenda the. Right to talk on some more of what she knows and how to hold the system accountable. It says only as a remedial uh, requirement when other constitution constitutional rights have been violated. To extract unwritten requirements from the due process clause regarding both procedure and substance, the distinction between substance and procedure is difficult in both theory and practice to establish. Moreover, the substantive component of due process have proven to be even more controversial. Than the procedural component because it gives the court considerable power to strike down state and federal statutes that criminalize various activities. Okay, now I'm going to leave it there for now, and then I'll break down the the, the differences between the procedural processes and the substantial uh, process. Okay, that way you can understand that you. As as an individual and you as a parent having a right to due process and you're not getting it, these are the steps in understanding how the process of due process work and how you can use it to your advantage. or take from you is a little more research and, you know, someone that can give you, and up on some knowledge, and you'll be able to survive it because you can't hold them accountable based up off of lack of due process because of the way they took the kids or the way that they are doing the kids in the system, and you're coming in to fight as a litigant for it, okay? And you don't get these things. There is a way to have it done. I'm just bringing it to you, okay? And Brenda, where are there are other aspects? of how accountability can be can be forwarded to the to the list of hearing this if you got any questions out there or you got something to say get on the phone and dial up 437-884-8684 that number again is 347-884-8684 if you have any comments or views about what we are talking about because we're now trying to get some Remedy, some type of legal redress, some type of resolution, solution to how to hold our state and government agencies accountable for what they do when they do what they do, if you understand what I'm saying. Brenda?
0: Right to get back to
2: that first which is about accountability in social services. All right, and um, the person that that put this information out there, she, um, she's um this Jill Florence lackey Now, uh, according to her, she has, she has much experience about this mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. because she she dealt with over fifty. Social programs. The wow. director of two nonprofit organizations. Wow. And uh, she demonstrates the strong need for accountability mechanisms mm-hmm. and more ethics-based leadership when running social service programs. In her book, she explains the process of how paper run paper programs emerge and operate, the monitoring mechanisms that are and aren't in place during program operations, and recommendations
0: with any kind of
2: and she also has on here while demands for responsibility is actually increased through private and government mandates. Virtually none of the monitoring in this system is done in person. Mm-hmm. So that paper report as become a program in a box. Right. Accountability and social service use case studies to better understand the failures of the four main sources of accountability. Okay. For individual programs, potential uh, service consumer fun- funding source, program evaluators, in sponsoring other parent organizations mm-hmm. and how entire networks of organizations and groups are removed from accountability. So with with her stating that, and uh, uh, part of the statement that I've read back about sections one and two of the Constitution of the Parental Rights, mm-hmm. they have amendments that they have in place that is supposed to, they have a, I have a draft on it, mm-hmm. which is uh, over parental rights of the United States Constitution, and it's posted. It's labeled as called the solution. Okay. And I got this off of uh, parentalrights.org, and it states here that the only solution to the attack on the child-parent relationship is the Parental Rights Amendment,
0: secure
2: mm-hmm. the rights of parents to raise their children. Right. Only a constitutional amendment will ensure that the courts of our nation protect the fundamental rights of parents to raise their children. And only a constitutional amendment will override interne- international law to undermine the parental role as the only complete solution to the danger confronting the child-parent relationship. Okay. Wow. I mean, well, I, again, you know, th- th- it's, it's really amazing, you know, that there are people out there that are trying to get some something done about what's happening in our systems to our children, even if those parents did something wrong, whether they did it or not, the point is that there has to be also some accountability on their part on the system's because there are things that go on behind those closed doors that truly need to have a kick door, you know, it need to it need to have the FBI in on it, which y'all should since y'all are probably the only ones that can monitor, you know, these agencies that that that, that is in control of of the masses called the public, you know, and there are people that are out there whining and hollering and hurting because they cannot get their children back out of that system because the system got so much power that they, if they pissed them off up in there that they won't be able to get their kids back no matter if there was a reunification plan in in the midst, you know, uh, or an agreement for a reunification plan. Um, there are also kids that... Where parents cannot never get their kids back, even though they do have that specific uh, uh, situation going on in the system uh, that their kids are being sexually molested and different things in there too. So my issue is is how do we get the system? How do we get the system to do its job? And, again, the only thing that I can say is this. I am dealing with the due processes. This is the only way that I can see any of this. If you know what your rights are, the only way that I can give it to you is based up on this. When they talk about the procedural due processes, in the United States, criminal protection, or prosecutions, and civil cases are generally governed by explicit guarantees of procedural rights under the Bill of Rights. Excuse me. Most of these rights have been incorporated under the 14th Amendment to the state. Now, remember, children's services is the state. Your judicial system is the government, federal or the state, and it's dealing with the officers in it. Among those rights is the constitutional right to procedural due process, which has been broadly construed to protect the individuals so that the statutes, regulations, and enforcement actions must ensure that no one is deprived of life, liberty, or property. That's including your kids, y'all. That's your property. Sometimes it can be just like Brenda was saying in the frames, you know, to stop slavery because they used to move chattel back then. That's all we used to be. But it can also be this right now today if we don't know what our right is to prevent them from taking the right away. This protection extends to all government proceedings that can result in an individual's deprivation, whether civil or criminal in nature, from parole violation hearings to administration hearings, regarding government benefits, entitlements to criminal trials, whatever. We even talk about children's services in the courts here, the juvenile court system, okay? In criminal cases, uh, many of these processes of protection overlap with procedural protections. Now, we're not, we're not talking about criminal cases, but we're just putting it out there, okay? So, but then I go over here and look, and... To put it more simply, where an individual is facing, one, deprivation, two, life, liberty, or property, three, procedural due process process mandates that he or she is entitled to adequate notice, a hearing, and a neutral judge. The court set out the test as follows. Identification of the specific dictates of due process generally requires consideration of three distinct factors. Now, Give this over to Brenda and let her read it to you, right, here, Brenda? What does that say there? Generally, go go through that again. It says specific dictates of due process generally requires consideration of three district fa- factors. First, the private interest that will be affected by the official action. Second, the risk of an erroneous deprivation of such interest through procedures used and the probable value of any additional or substitute procedural safeguards. And finally, the government's interest, including the functions involved and officials and administrators' burdens that the additional or substitute procedural requirements would entitle. Is there anything in there else that you think, Brenda, that needs to be? to be put out there perhaps some more your information because we still gotta find out how we gonna make these people accountable. All I wanna do is say to the people that's listening what your right is. She's got the part of how the this system is accountable for doing what they do to you or doing what they're doing to your kids. And 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 that if you don't know what your right is or what rights you have, you are not able to combat. That's what I'm doing. Brenda, you're absolutely right on that. After, um, after the, the, the stuff that I've got to you from going through the parental rights of the Constitution and up under the due process and the Bill of Rights, that would be the only way that we could, as citizens and and say of people being involved with Child Protective Services and judicial system, that is our only fight back, is to go into our Constitution and and come back to those those laws that are placed there. But um, I have another part that I was reading from uh, further down in the Constitution that was uh, about amendments to protect the family from international law. Now, at at some point as I was reading, I got to this... uh, this one section of it and it, it states about as it legally binding international treaty, UN Convention on the Rights of the Child is capable of permanently altering the role of the parent within the UNCRC becomes the law of the land. Unable to be held in check by state or national legislation. The only way to protect the the rights of parents from the destructive policy contained mm-hmm. in the UNCRC is through an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which is what I I kind of went through with the draft of a little, uh, spaces back. But it says here presently, except in cases where a parent has been proven to be unfit, American law presumes that that parent is acting in the best interest of the child and defers that to that parent's decision. The UNCRC, in contrast, against this traditional presumption in favor of parents with a new presumption in favor of the state. And it also says, the senators who originally opposed the ratification of the UNCRC when it was originally signed by President Clinton in 1995, believed that the convention marked a significant department from the American concept of the relationship between state and child, and was incom- incompatible with the right of parents to raise their children. Mm-hmm. The only way to protect the vital role of parents from this castellosmic shift is through amending the U.S. Constitution to reflect current Supreme Court doctrine, which preserves the right of parents to direct the upbringing and education of their children. Okay. And I, I do want to stress the same way that they're stressing it at the end of this, and that is why the Parental Rights Amendment is so important. If passed the Parental Rights Amendment will protect and preserve the vital rights uh, parent-child relationship for generations to come.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, I guess that's that said it, and that's what it meant. Thank you, uh, Brenda for, for that piece of information as well. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break, okay, and then we'll be back at the last end of it, and we will be back in a few seconds. Hold your horses. We'll be back on the Marty Miss Party Blog Radio Show. Law Talk Radio Show, and we are talking about how we need to try to hold the CPS, that's Child Protective Services, and the judicial system accountable for some of these issues that are happening to our children while our children are held up in their system. And um, again, we are still with Brenda Wright, who is bringing to you some information of other uh, organizations that are coming together to try to help to resolve or to or to pass a legislation or amend a constitution to help families uh have more uh clearer rights than what is being stated in the constitution already and that's a that's a iffy situation because you know that's supposed to be a right, no matter what, and we're not getting it. Okay, so back to you, Brenda, on more on how they are, or this particular research that you have done that will cause uh, they are out there trying to find something to help the parents. You know, have have some rights for parents that they lost their kids, kids, kids being abused in some way, shape, or form by the foster parents, and also those caseworkers out there that feel that they got the power, uh, that they can do anything they want to do to a family because uh, the family doesn't scream, dad, a and you know, that's probably because they don't got no training, no mentors or somebody to help them uh, prepare for something that is as tragic as this that happens to their kids, whether, you know, they've done something to the kid or not. Um, and those judges that are out there that, uh, that feel that they are above the law, you know, to be able uh, to, to, to put more than what a person can bear. Uh, as a reasonable, uh, a reasonable decision for their case when it's dealing with their children, whether it is that the family done it or not, and those lawyers out there that have in some way, shape, or form have sold their 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 clients down river uh, based up off of because if they do something about it, they'll lose they daggone license. So there's got. to. Subway way to help the parent have rights as well as the individuals to have rights only if the system will allow due process to take place. That's one way you hold them accountable. Is anybody out there ready to do a uh, uh, class issue? You know, uh, I, I think we don't know, but hey. It's something to think about uh, adequate justice in your system. Okay? So come on back with us and let us, let us, let us hear some more on what, uh, what, what information you've got that will be able to help them in, in uh, helping them to search for how to get accountability from, you know, the state, which is uh, children's services and the judicial system. Okay, before I go into that again, I'd like to once again share this website with those who may be interested, Mm -hmm. which is www.parentalrights.org. Now, the reason that I did pull up this here insight from this this website is because the solution that they're working on is to try to get this amendment for parental rights. Implemented in our constitution, in order for them to do that, they need they need um, a lot of support, which comes from the, from state, from from the uh, from the state. The passing of amendment takes supporters every level of government in Congress and communities and in the state, mm-hmm. as I said for a state. Every American can Every American can play, play a vital role in this process by signing the petition and involving others in this campaign. Now, the reason why I want y'all to hear this is because for those who are interested in joining this campaign, they can go onto that website and become a part of it to help make this change for parental rights. But uh, I'm going to read a little bit more to kind of give you a, a light, uh, taste of what this is about as far as getting it amended, uh, this constituted amendment. The constitutional amendment will ensure that judges who are currently denying parental rights will be obligated to recognize them. It will ensure that judges who are presently refusing to recognize parental rights because of their lack of explicit protection within the Constitution will instead safeguard parental rights. It also had the founders of this country created. The nation rules the laws, not men. Placing parental rights into the text of the Constitution ensures that law will defend the American family. A constitutional amendment will show the child parent relationship from government intrusion, regardless of who sits on the Supreme Court. Now, with that part being said enough, that's where a lot of, of, of the unfairness comes in with our judicial system and our protective services. Some of our, our kids are, are placed out of our homes by uh, non-existent uh, claims of abuse or being neglected. So as, as Wendy was talking back here about the due process, that that uh, class act lawsuit or... Or if anyone is interested in doing that, I, I would probably suggest that they, they kind of get in touch with some others who are going through this as well, because in order to make things like this type of nature happen, you have to do it as a group. You have to be heard. Um, I also like to give a little bit more of the uh, update on the, the the parental rights amendments from the Constitution of Section Three, which makes it clear that the only law which can be used in American courts regarding American families is the law made in America by our legislators legislatures, or the people themselves. The use of international laws for domestic purposes is utterly contrary to the ideal that this nation is a self-government-governing republic. This session is necessary, especially in the context of international law under the Vienna Convention of the Laws of Treaties. Now, it says that international law legal obligations are the superior rank to national law, even if that law is from the national constitution. However, there is an exception. Article 46 of the VCLT says that when the national constitution makes an exception concerning the power, to enter treaties, then the national law sh- still trumps, even in the face of the inconsistent treaty obligation, which, in Section Three, also states, makes it unconstitutional for this nation to enter into a treaty that gives away our sovereignty. Sur- sovereignty. I cannot get that out of the subject of the American parents and American children. Well, if they don't get it off of that, something wrong with that, isn't it? If they don't get it from that. Exactly. You know, I mean, because we're actually giving it to you from what research we have went out to go find out about. So, again, you know, if you don't believe what we're talking about, then I don't know what to tell you. Because, uh, truly, um, you know, when we're asking for parents to, to stand up for a cause, uh, because they have asked us to to talk about an issue or a subject, you know, we go out here and we go look for it. And again, I want to apologize to all of you, you know, for being sick and ill where I couldn't get to the get get to the uh, uh, to the blog talk last week. But you know, nevertheless, you know, I'm worried on how what we got to do to get it out there, somehow get this information out there. All we're here to do is to give you some kind of insight, education, inspire you, build your confidence in, and, 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 and give you some kind of education on what is needed to defend your family, and especially defending them from the system because we got too many kids that are out there uh, that's running around, going to jail, uh, being drug pushers, not able to get jobs, and it's getting worse. And it's a money market for the system. And, you know, we just need to quit selling off our people the way that we do. We really need to stand up. Whoever is out there, if you're out there listening to the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk radio show, uh, you know, if you need to get in contact, you know, to give me what what you want to talk about or you want to uh, get me to see some view or point that you have you contact me at W at Families and Victims of dot com or you can call or you can write Brenda Wright as well at what is what is your what is your uh is little fast little, tiny little fast tiny at Yahoo dot at yahoo. com okay? Um if you have any questions or anything that you want to put for us to speak about or talk about this is how you can get in contact with us. Otherwise, if you're on the, on the air and you know that there's a way that can be made or, or some kind of something, a solution that we could come up with to hold the system, our system accountable for the actions that they do to our families as well. Um, don't be afraid to call or talk to us. You know, I mean, we're not know-it-alls. We don't know everything, and we're 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 not uh, professional professional yet. I'm trying to get there, y'all. We trying to get there, but hey, we're here. Okay, you can call in at the number three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four or at the free guest uh, toll free number or listener number at eight seven seven. Call the number again is 437-884-8684. Toll-free number is 877-483-3153. And again, we're glad that you know that you are listening in on our conversations and hopefully that we can bring more interesting things your way. But however, we are trying to find out how we can hold the state. And the government agencies accountable for the slaughter of our children, whether it 's an abuse area of uh, physical, sexual, emotional, whatever, the point of it is it's happening in there just like they're like it's happening out here, and we need to find out what to do to make them accountable for their action and so we're giving you something for your your um, To help you with. So, I am going to read from another area, and uh, it's incorporation of the Bill of Rights into due process. And this is a main article of the Bill of Rights, okay? And incorporation is the legal document or doctrine, excuse me, by which the Bill of Rights, either in full or in part, is applied to the states through the 14th Amendment Due Process Clause. The basis for incorporation is substantive due process regarding substantive rights enumerated elsewhere in the Constitution and procedural due process regarding procedural rights enumerated elsewhere in the Constitution. Okay, now they the role of the incorporation doctrine in applying the guarantees of the Bill of Rights to the state is just as notable as the use of due process to define new fundamental rights that are not explicitly guaranteed by the Constitution's text. In both cases, the question has been whether the right asserted is fundamental so that just as not all proposed new constitutional rights are afforded, judicial recognition, not all provisions of the Bill of Rights have been deemed sufficiently fundamental to warrant enforcement against the state. Now, remember, children's services is the state, okay? And the judicial system is the government, also partly federal. And so, if rights are afforded judicially, it's not not really uh, proposed new constitutional rights are afforded judicially recognition, not all provisions of the Bill of Rights have been deemed sufficiently fundamental warrant enforcement against the state, then that tells you how many people have fallen through the cracks because they didn't know about the Bill of Rights incorporated into the Due Process Clause under the 14th Amendment, okay? Some people, such as Justice Black, okay, have argued that the Privileges or Immunity Clause of the 14th Amendment would be a more appropriate textual source for the incorporation document. The court has not taken that course and some point to treatment given to the Privileges or Immunity Clause in the 1873 slaughterhouse cases as a reason why. Although the slaughterhouse court did not expressively preclude application of the Bill of Rights to the state, the clause largely ceased to be invoked in opinions of the court following the slaughterhouse cases. And when incorporation did begin, it was under the rubric, of due process, okay? Now, to go further, the argument was that the framers of the 14th Amendment, like Senator Jacob Howard and Congressman John Bingham, included a due process clause in the 14th Amendment for the following reasons. And this is what they say is, quote, unquote, by incorporating the rights of the Fifth Amendment, the privileges or immunity clause would have been at states from depriving citizens of due process. Did you hear it? By incorporating the rights of the Fifth Amendment, the Privileges or Immunity Clause would have prevented states from depriving citizens of due process. Bingham, Howard and Company wanted to go even further by extending the benefits of state due process to aliens. So, The Supreme Court has consistently held that Fifth Amendment due process means substantially the same as 14th Amendment due process. Fifth Amendment is that you have the right to remain silent if you want to, and and all that that comes up underneath. You don't have to tell. I plead the fifth, you know. Um, you ain't got to say, uh, you know, and incriminate yourself because they know that you are trying to take it for yourself and that you got a fear factor going on because they have scared you have to death where you can't think, you know, and they take your kids and do what they do with them and stuff going there. I bet you they, they know about the Fifth Amendment Clause. They know how to say I plead the Fifth. So, We go further on to say, therefore, the original meaning of the former is relevant to the incorporation doctrine of the latter. When the Bill of Rights was originally proposed by Congress in 1789 to the states, various substantive and procedural rights were classed according to affinity to each other, instead of being submitted to the states as a single act to be adopted or rejected in the broth. You understand what I'm saying? I think I'm saying in the brawl, broad- 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 as Jane Madison put it, okay? So Roger Sherman explained in, in 1787 that each of may be made distinctly by the state and anyone that is adopted by three-fourths of the legislature, may become a part of the Constitution. Now, that's where it came in about you talking about the amending of the Constitution. Right. Brenda, remember we, you right. talked about right. that. Now, and so we're going in to, to discuss a small excerpt about it, okay? Okay, it says again, I'm going through it again, Roger Sherman explained in 1789 that each of For example, while ratifying all other amendments, including the Due Process Clause, in that case, the rights in the Sixth Amendment would not have been incorporated against the federal government. The doctrine of incorporating the content of other amendments into due process was thus an innovation when it began in 1925 with the Gitlo case and this doctrine remains controversial right now today. Again, you know, we are just here to try to give you a little bit of information that is going to help in you coming up with an ideal of how you want to be a part of ratifying a constitution, or knowing what your rights are as an individual or as a parent, Our our job is to come to you and give you some simple solutions to think about as you are on your journey to fight against a system that is taking your rights away as a parent and as an individual. And knowing that we are talking about children's services and the judicial system and what they're doing to the children, no matter if they took the kids out of the home, is what they are doing with those kids right now. And there is a boatload of people that are out there over the Internet that's trying to come together to put a stammer against the abuses that are happening in our systems that are not being addressed properly by our courts. Cause everything must go through the court, and if the top is messed up, the heads are messed up, then the body is just as messed up. So sometimes we got to go and expose the head, and this we are giving you information to 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 figure out which one you want to do. You want to you know make a movement? You want a class action lawsuit? Do it on this. Do process. Somebody out there know about this? somebody got to do a civil rights movement on it. I mean, it would seem as though the NAACP would be getting down right about now. I mean, because the the, the judicial system is the only system that you go to to get decisions made justly in your cases. So without them, we are a messed up piece of pie. Am I right? Yes, you are, Wendy. All right. Brendan, you got anything else? I said going to say everything I needed to say concerning due processes in your rights. What else they got over there on on the issue of accountability? What else can we do to help the people to be accountable? What what they got to do? What part they got to play? Well, Wendy, I'd like to share a little bit of that uh, with some of our listeners as well. I know being in... in uh, process of going through Child Protective Services with the judicial system, that can be very stressful and stuff. So we have to still remember our role as a parent trying to act out and advocate for our children as we're going in there to fight to get the, out of the system with, uh, with our document because sometimes things do get misplaced, whether it's through us or through the judicial system, and most of the times it's through the judicial system. Okay, and and you you have to know how to use your right as a parent without being out of control from your emotions. Absolutely, and um and also pay close attention to what what is going on and what is being addressed on behalf of the subject that's being brought into the into that that uh, place at time, mm-hmm. and always be respectable, even though. It's hard to do to, to when you're you're in that mode of, of being rejected from yes. being with your child. Right. Be be respectable and presentable. Trust and believe me, you will get further being the nice, respectable, and presentable person than being the mean, ugly person that's trying to attack you and tear you apart from your family. Right. You can always come above that. Those that been through the system understand when your kid is in captivity and you can't do nothing about it. The last thing you want to do is is start roaring and cussing the and mountain, carrying on. This is the time when you become humble and do what they tell you to do until you get your kids out of there. You know, I mean, if you don't, then this is how they use what you mean as. As as a spurt of anger because you're angry, they'll use that against you saying that you are an unfit parent because if you come out and you act a fool with them, then they know in their mind that you act a fool with your kids. So you have to keep in mind when, when, when the law come and bust down your door and they come in saying, everybody get on the God darn floor, you better get on the God darn floor. And even if they take your kids, that is not a time for you to stand up, speak up, and speak out, and and but but do it the right way, you know, humble, and and get your and get your professional hat on, and go in there and be a professional parent, Brenda. That's right, Wendy. Because one thing's for sure, as long as parental rights are on a constitutional document. We do have that on our side, and as citizens, we have the right to exercise that part mm. of it,
0: huh huh
2: and now we are going to give a simple a simple round of applause for Tyrone Island smalls who have made it back from work, and he has come in or after he got off from work to share a little bit of his reflective thoughts for us. <laughs>
0: We're
2: oh, glad to see you today. Ooh, how was good today, Mr. Smalls? Goodness, we needed to see you. So you see, there are people that are committed to uh, bringing great uh, thoughts and and help out in our communities to help our listeners. You know, and they took his time out after work, y'all, to come here to make sure that uh, you get something good this evening to listen to. But I'm going to hold you off there, and we're going to go on to a break real quick, and then we will be right back right here on the Radio Party, Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Be right back. To to say something to the listeners for them to reflect. And while we are while you're gathering yourself, you know, uh, we wanna thank you. We appreciate you um, taking your time out after going to work for eight hours and then coming onto the show and to share, you know, your mind. And I'm thankful. You know, what about you, Brenda? You're thankful, too? Yes, yes yeah, we are all, made. Yeah, we're thankful, you know, because we know we need our men out there working, y'all, you know. But any time a man can come back and and share a piece of his mind with us right here on the Lordy Miss Cardi Block Talk Radio Show, it's a, it's, it's a it's good a thing. Blessing. It's a blessing. It's a good
1: thing. Good evening. Good evening, yeah. listeners. Good evening, listeners. It's a blessing to be here. I just got off work and God blessed me to be here, so I had to come by and say hello to Brenda, Miss Lardy, Miss Clardy. All right, so uh, without any further ado, I'd like to give you all a piece of my mind, a uh, piece of my verbal thoughts. This one is called The Children. Save the Children. Save the Children, our next generation. What have we done? What have we become? A disgrace to the human race with no humiliation to survive of our kind? One day the whole world will be free. And all and we will all be shooting stars. The deed we do today will affect our tomorrow. One day our children will say, Mommy, Daddy, look at me. Look at what I've become. And we will be ashamed because we took no part in it or because we are a cause of it. Remember, for every cause, there is an effect. Don't close the book. The story's not over yet. For every rhyme, there's a reason. For every time, there's a season. The time has come for us to perform our duties. The season has come for us to perform our tasks. When we are asked to tuck them in at night, we shall perform our duties with no questions asked. Blessed are the children who are born to those who care. Blessed are the children who live, who lives their parents share. Blessed are the parents who put their children's lives first. Blessed are the parents who love their children after giving birth. And that was just
0: one of my poems today.
1: I feel that this has been a touchy subject, and it means in my lifetime, where none of my family was fostered, but um they were fostered in another way. My aunt raised a couple of my brothers and sisters, and you know throughout our situation, my mom never told us that we didn't that they didn't exist. she always told us they she always told us they exist, she always told us that we should love them, and no matter whether you raised up apart or together, we should show love to our parents and our siblings now, this one is called Island's Prayer. And I say this prayer for everyone. Heavenly Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, I come to you today submissively and humbly. I pour my soul to you today, for I am in need. I am in need of your guidance, your love, your strength. I am asking you to deliver me today from anything that is unholy, ungodly, and that will prevent me and my soul from doing your complete will. And that will prevent me from reaching the high plateau in your heavenly home. I'm asking you today to provide me with a sufficient income to support my family, my daughter, my life, and to release any monies, home, lands, and blessings that are meant for me, my family, and my friends. Release them now in Jesus' name. I'm asking for strength to set the captives free. I'm asking for your light. To shine out of me. So all the world now can see. At the same Lord God Almighty. Bless me with a true companion. To walk with me in my walk. God bless. And I say this prayer for everyone out there. God bless you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. That was a beautiful prayer. And truly a beautiful poem. Just right for the ending of this segment on children's services, judicial system, foster care issues, and how to hold them accountable. Now, to all of you listeners out there, if we have anything to say to you, is to stand up, speak up, and speak out. we got to get sick tired of being sick and tired of being plagued with by our systems and ourselves. Because we do our worst mess to ourselves when we victimize ourselves and default ourselves from having education, resources, and the know-how to take care of business. So if you have anything else that you want me to or us, you want us to uh, uh, talk about, um, give us a hit up on our emails, which is wclarty at families and and Brenda. Little Fast Tiny at you, Yahoo.com. That is Little Fast Tiny at Yahoo.com. All right? You know, and we want to thank you for listening to us on this segment. Next week we have. Thing that we are going to talk about, I'm not going to tell you yet. But stay tuned and come on and be a part of this particular topic we're going to talk about. It'll be up on the profile and we will talk to you next time. And until then, peace and love and God
0: be with you. Thank you for listening to the Thank you. Thank you. And sisters.